The following contains language and descriptions of scenarios that are not suitable for all listeners. This podcast contains numerous triggers for those affected by traumatic events, including rape, domestic violence, suicide, homicide, and accidents of various kinds. Names, titles, and locations have been altered to protect the privacy and safety of the living and the dead. The views and opinions expressed by hosts and guests of this podcast are for entertainment and information purposes only and should not be viewed as medical, legal, or other professional advice. Gosh darn it, I'm, I'm never going to remember the name, dude. Uh, welcome back to Kula Talks. Um, in studio today, awesome guest, his name is Charlie. Worked with Charlie for about a year. I, th- yeah. uh, I don't know if it, I don't know if it was that long. It was towards the end. Well, I worked with, alongside Charlie for seven years. I met Charlie one of my first days on the job. Uh, he just worked for a funeral home at the time. Uh, you would come in and do See, some bombings. We, we worked together the first time I worked there. That's true. Yeah. 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 So we worked. We knew each other before I went over there, and then when I came back. Yeah. Yeah. So that's true. And I've, I've always liked Charlie. When we started the podcast, I always said. Uh, Charlie was one of the people I wanted on. Um, long time in the industry, has good stories. Uh, we'll get to those. <clears throat> and sure. um, and Charlie did a lot of like funeral directing side of things, so he can give some insight to that as well, which is hard work, very hard work. But how are you doing, Charlie? Good, good. I kind of got out of the business for a while, or I'm still out of the business, so. But yep, been good, doing good. You plan on going back? It's hard to say. I've stuff changes, so I'm, I mean, maybe one day, but no plans right now. Do you do you have like a like a passion for it? I have a passion for the science side of it, not necessarily for the funeral directing side, but for the the embalming mortuary side. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a passion for like just picking them up? It, it was always enjoyable. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was one of those things you get a judge call and you just, you get that adrenaline rush of, oh, what's, what's going to happen? So I miss that rush, dude. I do. Uh, I think everybody does, man. Yeah. So how, how'd you get into it, Charlie? Uh, honestly, I don't know. I mean, I, I started out going to nursing school and decided, nah, I don't really want to let deal with living people so let's try dead people <laughs> and got into it and just started doing it and I went to the mortuary service and uh, kind of shadowed around there for a while and eventually got hired on and went from there wow and how long total did you do it uh, it was probably about 10 years or so more or less 9, 10, 11 years somewhere around there God dang. And you spent a lot of that on the funeral home side of things, yeah? A good majority of it, yeah. 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 So walk me through. Family comes in. Somebody died. What's the – I don't know the process that well. What's the process? Uh, Family comes in. You take them back to an office. You sit them down, kind of go over what you're going to happen, what's going to happen, the process that – everything has to go through and all that. Um, You get vital information from them, stuff for the death certificate. Um, 
let them pick out a casket if they're going that route or tell them what happens with cremation, that sort of thing. And then after you get all the information, then you go to the funeral planning side of it and where they want to have the service, what they want songs that want to be sung, played, videos, things like that. And then get in contact with the church or wherever and plan it all out. Dude, I okay. That's like a it's a short summary and it's nice yeah. and sweet, but it's way more work than it sounds. Right? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Because you're having to deal with the families sometimes that are fighting between each other, and one person wants this, one person doesn't. One person wants to get a hold of the money, one person doesn't care. Just <clears throat> you got to deal with all that. I mean, it's it's tough, but I mean it's. It's worth it in the long run. It's, I mean, it's, you like it, but, I mean, it wasn't my favorite part. Yeah. So. Because yeah. you work for the cream of the crop here in town. You, like, what a lot of people would consider the cream of the crop. Yeah, I guess you could say that. Because, I mean, at least I always considered it. Yeah. I always thought it was the nicest facility with the nicest stuff. Yeah, I mean, we did all of our own stuff in-house. So, I mean, it was one of those those funeral homes that we did everything from the removal to the cremation to meeting with families to everything. We had our own crematory. We, we did everything. Yeah. Um, or a lot of funeral homes, they'll, they'll hire a mortuary service to go pick up the body. Um, they'll meet with the family, but then anything after the service, they're done. Yeah. So, but I mean, the one I worked for, I mean, they were a good, good funeral home. They just took care of everything. Yeah. I, I, I only did, like, maybe two removals for them, and it was on Christmas, and they were both on the same day. And they just, I guess they gave the employees the night off or something. So Yeah, it was probably one of those days that somebody just, whoever was on, just asked, hey, can we have the night off too? We have family coming in or whatever. And they said, yeah, well. Yeah you somebody so yeah which was cool i mean must have been nice yeah that must have been quite a lot (laughs) (laughs) but you gotta understand we as much as we you did at the the mortuary service i mean we'd still do a lot more three 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 a day at least and then i mean we'd have at least we'd have sometimes six services a day oh my gosh i mean can you run me through like because this is something that I never understood is how you guys could always maintain such a tight timeline and make everything flow so seamlessly during a service. It depends on how many people you have working. Uh, and you you have everything set out in a, a schedule. You're, you schedule out the day. Let's say you have a 10 o'clock service. You, you schedule out at least an hour for the service, then usually... 30 minutes for family to visit after and then an hour for the graveside and then driving the family if you're have them in a limo drive them to wherever you need to take them so i mean you have everything pretty much planned out and then you know when the next one can start what happens if you get a call you I'm, have another guy at the office that and they're just can going. handle that oh my god i mean if you have six services a day then you're gonna you're going to use a mortuary service because everybody's busy. Right, yeah. So, so but yeah, it's, it's time-consuming. You know, there's there's a lot of work to it. Yeah, 
um, I think whenever people would come to our office, I think they'd see us all standing around. <laughs> you know, sometimes <laughs> if we didn't have shit to do, we weren't going to do anything. Uh, but whenever you go to your, whenever we would go to your place, no one was ever just standing around. No, no, there was never. always something being done. Yeah, yeah. If you weren't on on a death call or embalming or something like that, you were cleaning. I mean, we did a lot of cleaning to get our hours in. So yeah, but. There was always something to do. Delivering flowers. I was oh, I hate flowers. Where would you take so, them? To the family's house. Oh, okay. After the service. Oh, that makes sense. Because with the flowers, the florist delivers the flowers into the back room. You take it from the back room to the deceased room. From their room, you take it to either the chapel or the uh, church that you're doing it at and then from the church then you take it back to the funeral home and from the funeral home you take it to their house and some of these people would have six or seven totes of flowers really and you're just it's constantly flowers i hate I, my wife doesn't get flowers anymore <laughs> <laughs> oh okay so i just learned this about you you have a family mm-hmm. i knew i knew you had at least one kid i remember talking about that i didn't know you had three yep you got three kids and like I'm like Anthony and I have talked. Uh, once you have kids, everything kind of changes in the industry. Is that the same thing for you? Was it? Uh, well, I mean, I had my kids before I got into the industry. Oh, so they're older. Oh yeah, uh, my oldest is a sophomore this year, and then my youngest is in fifth grade. Oh, okay. Whoa, I feel like I never worked with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. I, I I got married when I was 18 and had my first kid when I was 19. Oh, okay. Okay, right on. Right on. And you went kind of a similar path? I did. I did, but then you sprinkle in a divorce in there. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I never got divorced, so I mean, we've you, been married man. for 16 years. So, What a feat, man. Well, fuck her Especially around. in that industry. Yep. Oh, I got your, your wife must be. Yeah, she must, she's, she's great. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> she's put up with a lot of stuff. So. And, what what is that? Uh, I'm not going to go deep into your marriage, but was it? Were there sometimes where it was just a burden? The job, or yeah, the job. Okay, yeah. Um, also, <laughs> no, no, sorry. <laughs> marriage kind of helps. So. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yes, because I mean, you miss out a lot of a lot of family time. Yeah. Because uh, I mean, I'd be working six days a week for three four months. Um rarely have a day off and then because we we had a set day that we would go on call so somebody would be on call Monday somebody on Tuesdays um, and then we would rotate weekends and when I was there you'd be on call every third weekend so you'd have one day a week and then every third weekend was yours so I mean, you're on call a lot, and then you, a lot of funerals. Uh, Saturdays are big for funerals. Yeah. Because you'll, you'll go in 8 o'clock in the morning on Saturday and then get home 5, 6 o'clock and then do that every day. Dang, dude. So it's, it's time-consuming. So, I mean, that, that does put a strain on your marriage, but... I mean, like my wife was really understanding. So yeah, let's go. I mean, I almost um, our firstborn. I got to hang out with my firstborn two hours, and then I I went into work. So yeah. 
that uh, that didn't go over as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, uh, I yeah. got. But your wife knew what was coming with with that because she. Yeah, she worked there. The thing is that we were told something else, uh, gotcha. but when that time came, something else happened, and uh, instead of me saying something, I didn't, and we still talk about it. Not like in a bad way, but we talk about it all the time. So when I wasn't in the industry and we had the second, um, totally different experience, uh, except COVID. Yeah. So I got four hours with the baby and then I had to leave anyway. So <laughs> but that's how I guess that's how that went. But no, but the missing out on the family time is hard. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, because I've missed birthday parties. I've missed Thanksgivings because never failed because my my day was thursday so every thanksgiving was mine oh so gosh dogs and what about you anthony because you're you're a single dad yeah um you know i was thinking about that the other day because i was going back through listening to some of the episodes mm-hmm. um because i need to i need to start cataloging and like <laughs> getting descriptions <laughs> for these things um and i was thinking about that time that we had that employee party at the uh, amusement park yeah that was the only time that I can remember that I ever got to go and actually do something with my son. Right. Like the whole time I worked there because I worked overnights. So, I mean, I'd get off shift at like six and then I was on call until like noon or one in the afternoon. And then I'd go back in at five thirty in the afternoon. So I just never saw my, there was like a solid two years. I just never saw my kid. Yeah. <laughs> it takes a big strain on home life for sure. Yeah, when I first started, I, I did weekends. So I had, I had a, a normal 8-to-5 job, and then every weekend I'd go in and, and work at the mortuary doing removals. Oof. That's Yikes. rough, dude. That's yeah, so I worked, every, I worked two full-time jobs for about a year and was going to school full-time. Golly, dude. And that... That, that mortuary sciences degree, that's no joke. That's pretty heavy stuff, isn't it? It's, I enjoyed it. I mean, yeah. I, I liked it. I don't like the school aspect, but I like the, the learning aspect of it, yeah. of of what goes on, the, the histories and the sciences and stuff. Man, Charlie, I feel like I met a whole new version of you today. <laughs> that's, that's weird, isn't it? You can work with somebody and yeah, do all kinds of things, end up elbow deep and nasty crap, and then... But you I mean, really when we work together, know. that we go on a call, and you have what the drive time is yeah. all the time that you have to talk, and then and if it's at four o'clock in the morning, I'm not asking yeah. you shit. Yeah. You're yeah. Not- yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, whoever's in the passenger seat gets to sleep. So yeah, and that's how it is. Um, all right, dude. So you have one of the most infamous stories that we have not been able to tell in the podcast. Yes, the Valentine's Day massacre. Okay. That was you on that call. That that was me. That was that was during the the first round that I worked there and it was it was it was gory, to say the least. Yeah? Uh yeah. walk me walk me through this. All the way from the pulling up to the end. Walk me through this. All right. It was the first time that I ever had to sign in with the the police that were there. Because mm-hmm. actually I pulled up there's caution tape all over uh, this place. Um, I I go in, talk to the to the, arg- the sergeant in charge. 
and go up to him. He's all, I need you to sign this, who's here and all that. They get all my information. I walk into the door, and there's just a trail of blood leading back into the back bedroom. And I was all, all right, let's do this. <laughs> so I, I walked to the back, because it was just me on that call. There mm-hmm. was It was during the time that you do calls by yourself. So walk back there, uh, and I just see everything is covered in blood. It looked like a scene from a horror movie blood on the walls there's blood on the floor the mattress is covered in blood and in the middle of it all is a body and it was the guy had taken a machete to this this guy that was laying there and just went to town he it i mean it I think he hit him in the head from what I can remember I, I mean it was quite a while back from what I remember it was he hit him in the head, split his head in two, um, hit him in the shoulder, almost cut his arm off. It looked like he had put up his hand as a defense, and he hit him in the hand, and it was just half of his hand was hanging on by skin. Oh, my God. Uh, and then to finish it off, he just stabbed him in the gut oh. with oh. a machete. Oh. And it was it was horrific. I mean, I've never seen anything that gory since. I mean, and that was like a cheating thing, right? He came home. Um, yeah, that's I, what I heard. I don't know. I, there was a some. I don't. I really don't remember what the whole situation was behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. I think it was an ex-boyfriend that that did it. Damn, dude. <laughs> and so, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, it was it was interesting. I mean, that was that was the one that stuck in my mind for quite a while. Mm-hmm. So, well, that was the call um, when I met the owner playing basketball. That was a call he told me, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. Maybe maybe that'd be cool to see, you know? <laughs> it was like, this happened, so we get this kind of stuff, and this and that. And I was like, okay, well, I'd like to see that, you know? And that's how they wrote me in, dude. That's how they uh, that's how they got my ass for seven years. Yeah, that was that was an interesting call. I've, I've never seen anything like that again. Did you get any – how many bloody ones did you get? Did you get did nothing you? like that? <laughs> <laughs> Golly, yeah, there was there was a lot of blood. Uh, yeah, um, you know what, man? It, it wasn't many. It wasn't many. Um, I mean, of course, you know, like gunshot to the head can get a little messy. Yeah, but I mean, it's nothing. It's nothing where it's going to be, you know, trailing or covered, unless they, like, death-walked, I guess. But that was pretty rare. I only saw that, like, once. Um, no, nothing bad. Well, what was the removal like on that one? Uh, well, they they bagged up his hands, um, and then uh, there was blood all over the body bag. Because, I mean, there was no place to set the body bag down without getting blood all over it. So... I mean, we just set it on the ground, and uh, I had an officer. I think there was an officer that helped me. I don't think I had to roll him, but I think we just picked him up, put him in the body bag, zipped it up, and then 
art. Did you slip all over? No, it was carpet. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, no, it was. I mean, I had to clean my shoes really well afterwards, but yeah, it was it was all carpet. Dang. Dude, did you ever get? I mean, I know you got at least one because I've heard stories. There were whisperings around the office. Yeah, no, I've, I've had I've had quite a few homicides. Um, dude, I got this one one time. Rolled up on the house. News is everywhere, right? Which is, it's not like super common, but it happens, right? And so you know it's gonna be like something decent, you know. Though, so uh, so <laughs> they're there, and I'm like, all right, cool. Let's let's see what this is all about. And uh, walk inside, and this guy had tried murdering his wife with a shotgun. Um. And it was, a, it was like some sort of illegal, I don't know anything about firearms, I'm sorry. Uh, I had like a big clip in it, a shotgun with a big clip. And he had hit her like four times. It just didn't do the job. Like uh, like taking her arm off, I think she ended up losing a leg. Um, maybe on the side or something like that. There was blood. I mean, just like, like her handprints were on the side of the halls as she was trying to run away and stuff like that. And uh, I guess she had passed out from the loss of blood and he thought he killed her. So he went to the back bedroom and and killed himself, and that was a lot of blood too. Because I don't know what I don't. If I knew anything about firearms, guys, I'm sorry, but um, I think they said it was like an automatic. Does that does that make any sense? Am I some, making shit up? Probably something like a Saiga, maybe okay. something like that. A, an imported <coughs> semi-automatic shotgun with a large capacity magazine. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> most <laughs> most stuff with a large capacity. I mean, the ones that I've seen. I mean, you can have a clip on a shotgun, but it's not real normal. Yeah. Well, yeah. whatever it was, uh, he pulled the trigger, but two uh, two rounds came out and hit him in the head. So it decimated his head. You know, like one oh. one shot will take off your head. I know what it was. It was one of those weird Keltec ones that came out that had two barrels and a rotating magazine. And I'll uh. bet you. I thought that's exactly yeah. what that was. They didn't let me hold it, so I can't describe it. Yeah, you should have taken that one from the scene, man. That was a cool gun. But yeah, he had uh, whatever it was fired twice and and fucked his shit up, dude. Yeah. So. Did did yeah. his wife survive? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the best part. Yeah, she lived. Oh, man. Wow. Yeah, she lived. As far as I know. She wasn't there. I didn't. I didn't pick her up. <laughs> so, so I, assume I didn't she go back to the hospital. Yeah, to get her either, I didn't. So. Yeah, I didn't. So. Yeah, so I think she lived. Um, That's good. Yeah, that was a that was bloody, but that was weird, dude, because that was like with handprints all over like the walls where she was trying to run, and just like trails of blood on the carpet and stuff. Um, you know, I know you see it in movies and like slasher films with you know, but to see it in real life was like, and, and it, the, I think the thing that was craziest is it told a story. Like you literally could see where it started in the bedroom, and she took off running. And you could like just see the story of where this poor lady was just trying to get away, and uh, yeah, wow. I, that that shit blew my mind. It didn't. That one didn't didn't mess with me though. I don't know if I was just too excited or something, but it, yeah. it like it just never messed with me. I was just like, well, yeah, sometimes you, sometimes it just happens. I'm married for forty years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those those never messed with me. I mean, yeah, I mean, I could do those all day. It was just I don't know. I I guess how I got immune or something. It's like, they're not yeah. personal, right? Like, yeah. it was personal between those two people, but not like, and I couldn't relate, I guess. Yeah. 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 What, what calls did mess with you? Like, did you have a certain type of call that would mess with you? Kids always got to me. Yeah. I mean, because the first call that I ever got was a, a train wreck and it was a, a five-year-old kid uh. and he was the same age as my son was when I, and that was actually the 
first weekend I was ever on call by myself, and I got a five-year-old train wreck. Dad tried to beat the beat the train. Ah, uh, that's not. Yeah, that. Those calls always got to me. I mean, anything with a kid, because I mean they're innocent. I mean, it's, oh yeah, it's one of those things that they didn't they didn't need to be there. Yeah. So. Damn it, that's sad. Yeah, yeah, those are the ones that stick with you. I mean, I can still. I remember that one all the time because yeah. I had to, I had to walk the the rail looking for pieces. Oh my gosh, dude! Um, when we talked on the phone, you had mentioned that you didn't have very many train wrecks. No, tra- that was the things. only one that I ever had. But this guy hmm. over here lucked S- out with like trains liked me. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I he don't lucked know. out with so I many. I wouldn't say I lucked out. I, I, well, okay, I, yeah. I covered a lot of ground <laughs> Wait, well, with the mag light. <laughs> before before we go on, I, I just have to mention I like the vest. Thank you. Yeah, I like it. You know it's winter time, so I always bust out yeah, the old the old shit, the old vest. It's I got pockets. I yeah, no, I like yeah, it. It's real nice. I can keep handkerchiefs in here. Actually I've got one. <laughs> oh, oh, my God, oh. Around oh this guy. Just can't in catch case you slipping. have any grieving family members, boys, we're keeping it down in the breast pocket. And so how many <laughs> how many on a plane train uh, accidents do you think you got? Oh, uh, at least five. Yeah, jeez. five. Yeah, dude. He, I got a ton. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, those were always the ones that I was all, ah, I want to go do that one. No. 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 <laughs> I don't get to. Ah, trains, I don't know. I hated the dang things just because yeah, it was so much mess. Yeah, and you had to walk the, the rail trying to to find bits and yeah they, it was it wasn't fun the one that i did and it, yeah. it was like three o'clock in the morning too Always. so it was flashlight and looking around oh, yeah i remember one i pulled up to i think it was like the it might have been the second one i had it was that guy that had all the money yeah all that cash money on him i think did, we talked about that i think we that's in an upcoming episode yeah there's only so far we can go into that one but yeah, yeah. anyways yeah. yeah so suffice to say there was a train wreck guy had a lot of money on him um but i pulled up there and they had the road blocked off going up to the railroad tracks because it was a, just a county road that crossed and there was a volunteer firefighter sitting there and this kid was probably like 19 20 years old and he was just sitting on top of the rig <laughs> pulled up and i was like hey i'm you know i'm i'm with this company i'm here to uh get some remains from a from a train wreck and this poor kid man he looked at me and he goes you don't want to go down there <laughs> I was like, well i have to go down there so which way is it and uh i never saw that kid again on another call though <laughs> worked with that department several times he never he never came back uh, they don't pay him enough for that kind of stuff did y'all ever find people with lots of money or more than once. I mean, it's crazy oh, how many. Did you? I, I, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember one I had to, it was an out-of-town call. I drove about, it was dead of winter. I mean, roads were icy. I mean, it was 2 o'clock in the morning, and I had to drive out of town to go to this car wreck. And they had driven off the road into an embankment, and they were coming into here um, from another town that was, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. It was, they were coming in and I guess they just slid off the road into the embankment and rolled the car. Um, 
I can't remember if it killed them both or just one. I don't remember how many I picked up. I just remember this one because they didn't know who she was. She had an ID on her, but it wasn't her. Uh. So we get her back to the office, and then they call me, and I have to go back up to the office and meet with the cops because they're coming to see if they can't get an identification. And so we're going, we're looking for tattoos and stuff like that, and we kind of mess with her shirt, and this big wad of cash just falls out of her bra. Oh, damn. I mean, it was it was a stack. And he's all, all right. And the cop didn't even bat an eye at it. He just he just kept on looking, and he was just all, yep, I don't know who she is. And just, he's gone. Damn, <laughs> dude. So, guess it wasn't that big a deal. So. Gosh. Dude, Makes I, you wonder how often the cops stumble across I don't know. A lot they must see some like crazy that. shit, dude. I bet they do. Yeah, we got to get an officer on here. Um, if any will come on. <laughs> I rolled up on this. Uh, I rolled up on one, and it was in a, one of those uh, motels, you know, downtown. Oh, yeah. And uh, guy's dead, obviously, so I walk in. <laughs> Dude, there's two fat stacks on the nightstand of cash. They were, they were like, yeah, it's probably a cartel killing. I was like, what, what, wait, what, what? <laughs> Thanks, guys. Hey, here? Re- rewind? <laughs> what the fuck you say? <laughs> he was like, yeah, a cartel killing. Like, like I was supposed to just be like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I forgot they were here. You yeah. don't do that all the time here? Yeah, I was like, what are you talking about, dude? <laughs> like, we're not even close. Oh, no, they're here. I mean, f- well, you know, with the main road yeah, that runs yeah, through yeah. here. They're moving. Yeah, and, um, yeah. That Did you guys ever go on calls uh, where there was a bunch of drugs on oh, scene? Oh, man, all the time. Yes. yes. Yeah. We went into one, and there was a – they had a, a pot room in the back. <laughs> Literally. And, I mean, there's probably five, six cops hanging around because this, this person had died uh, in the living room, and none of the family wanted to leave. So, I mean, I, I was there for probably an hour at least. And so we're just standing there in the kitchen and people keep coming in and out of this one room. And all of a sudden, every time they open the door, you, you just get a hint of something. But then all of a sudden it just full blown. You can, you know what's going on. And then the cops just say, eh, we're not going to arrest them. Their grandmother or grandfather or whoever just died in here. Just let them go. Dang. Do you remember that interesting? Uh, well, okay. At the time, I guess you didn't know it was a it was a drug call because I had found out later. Um, we got it was like eight o'clock in the morning, dude. It was first thing in the morning. We were almost off shift. I was so pissed because I just went to the hospital, did a call. I was like, oh, by the time I roll in, it'd be like eight o five. I'm off at eight. Tag you know, tag them in, throw them in the cooler, and I'm off. And then we got a call. I was like, damn it. Okay, I'll run it. Let me call Charlie. So I called Charlie up, and we go to a rehab center. And this guy was just uh, – first of all, okay, let me let me roll this one back a little bit. This was a legit rehab center. There were multiple, multiple people in there. Um, uh, yeah, I do remember. Yeah, and yep. I never – I didn't know we had that here. Oh, there's more than one. Oh, really? Yeah, there's there's quite a few rehabs. I did not know that. Um so we roll in there, and he's in the back room 
Or was it the garage? I could, I say I remember this one, but I mean, I've, I've done a few in a rehab. One I remember was in a garage and then I remember doing one that was in a back room because they had a bunch of just big rooms and then beds lining up. Yeah, okay, this was okay. that one. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, with all the okay. bunks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so okay. this was super weird, too, because nobody would get out of the way. When we brought in the gurney and stuff, like, you know, multiple people were living there, obviously, but, like, they wouldn't get out of the way. And we had to, like, do, do you remember that? I yeah, remember just yeah, being, yeah. like, super stressed out because nobody would move. I yeah. had to be like, hey, do you mind scooting over so I can get this guy <laughs> off of the floor? Like, it was super, super weird, dude. Yeah, I remember one guy in particular that was just hovering around and yeah. would not get out of the way. But yeah, I remember that. It was it was, it was, was strange. Yeah, and it makes it stressful for some reason. Like, I just started sweating. Anyway, um, <laughs> I recognized one of the guys there, and I go to the gym with him. And, uh, yeah, initially I remember they thought it was a, a heart attack, but mm-hmm. – I saw the guy at the gym, and he was like, no, nah, man, he OD'd. I was like, in the rehab house? Like, y'all don't have, like, a like a protocol? There's not, like, a... He died in the middle of the room, bro. Like, nobody was like, hey, he's got drugs. Nothing? Well, you can't just say that in a rehab house because it causes a stampede. Well, that's true, too, yeah. And they, He's but, got drugs. <laughs> yeah, and he was like, yeah, he just... He did it, and then he just died. Gosh. That's got to be scary, dude. Happens every day. Yeah, I had a friend that, that OD'd at a party. Oh, really? Yeah, that was uh, that was weird. That was like right after, I don't know, I can't really remember. I was young. Gosh. Mm. Scary. Happens any time. It does happen. Hmm. But tell us, Charlie, so what What else? You get out of the industry, what's your life like after? Uh, just a whole lot of, I mean, I'm not working near as much. I mean, I get my, my 40 hours and I'm... I'm done. I mean, I, weekends are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what those were like. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a I perk. Mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, I get to spend time with my family now. So it's it's a whole lot. It's a different world than than the mortuary world is. I mean, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it. It's just, it's so different. So, I mean, I get to actually go out and go on a fishing trip i i could actually plan to so <laughs> yeah where before you, you you can't plan to do anything yeah you never know when you're going to get a call so. and is it so i know you said you have like a passion you don't know what's going to happen in the future do you ever just like feel compelled to go back do you ever just have days where you're just like i might go back next week no not not so much i get those weird thoughts that pop into my head of, Hey, I'd, I'd, I'd like to go on, I'd see cop cars and I was all, somebody died there. I want to see what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I get those all the time, but never, I, I mean, I don't say never, but I mean, I, I enjoyed the embalming side of it and making people look good again. I mean, it, that, that's a chore in itself. So, and, but I mean, it was always satisfying to realize, Hey, I did this. I made them look like the family would remember them. Right. Yeah. And you, and you're a good embalmer. I remember your work. Um, but you, you have a story about embalming and how you, uh, 
you helped solve a case, right? Oh yeah. 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 That was, that was, that was interesting. Uh, cause I did, it was, it was one that, uh, I guess I helped catch the killer, I guess, where I found out that there was a murder cause I went in and I did a removal and, uh, they had ruled it, uh, uh, a natural death just cause he was old. He had a bunch of prescription pills lined up in the bathroom and, and all kinds of stuff. But I got there and it was, it was sketchy to say the least. I mean, they, they go in or I go in and talk to the officer and they're all, yeah, he's he just died in the bed or, um, you need to take him to the funeral home and, um, do your thing. So I, I talked to the wife and the wife can't look me in the eye. She can't talk straight. She's, I mean, she's clearly on something. So I, I say, okay, um, well, we need to know what we need to do. We need, we need embalm or are you going to cremate or, or what? And I, I could tell they didn't have any money. It was, it was one of those deals. And so she said, no, I want, I want to, to do a, a, a funeral so I want I want a viewing and all that so I said okay so we get him back to or I get him back to the the funeral home and I I start the embalming process and with that you gotta you gotta wash the body and um, disinfect and then you gotta clean out their mouth and and things like that so I wash the body and while I'm washing the body I realize that he has burns on him from I don't I don't know if it's a cigarette or cigarette lighter but I mean there's patches of his skin that's just burned so I oh, that's kind of weird I don't know what happened there so I I keep going and I get to his mouth and start disinfecting his mouth and there's some hair in his mouth which is fairly normal because you die and I mean hair can get in your mouth um, but I, so I get some tweezers and I reach in to, to pull this hair out and this big, just wad of hair just comes out. Oh. And I mean, it's, it's probably size of a golf ball, just wad of hair mixed with pills and spit and whatever. Oh my God. And so that comes out and I'm all, mm, I need to call the judge. So I, I called the judge directly and I just said, hey, man, I think you need to look a little further into this. And so they said, he said, all right, well, uh, we'll, we'll send somebody to come get them and we'll take them for an autopsy. So they did, and it turned out that the wife had murdered him with a hair wad. So, Dude, and why, do, you, yeah. do you know why she did that? It was she had he had cut her hair while they were tweaking and she got pissed. Oh, yeah, I mean, you do that sometimes. Yeah. I mean, from, <laughs> from what, from what I understand, I don't know if this was the, the whole story or I don't know what goes on. I mean, yeah. it was one of those things, but yeah, that's the story that I heard. She got pissed that he cut her hair. And so she picked it up and shoved it down his throat. God, oh. dude. Can you imagine? That's a that's a hell of a way to go, man. That's well, I I guess if you're you're out of it enough, you just you don't care. 
Man. And did you see you know, crazy stuff like that yeah. when you embalmed? Like, I mean, besides, I mean, I know hair wads and murder <laughs> cases aren't every day, but did you ever just like see something that you were just like, what the hell is this? I, I mean, nothing surprises me anymore. I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, I've had to sew back on limbs and reconstruct heads. I mean, but I mean, really nothing. I mean, I have seen some 90 year old lady with boob implants. That was, oh, did you, did you see those before cremation or did you see them? We embalmed her. Oh, during the embalming? Yeah, she was embalmed. And I mean, she was every bit of 90. I don't remember exactly how old she was, but it was, it was the weirdest thing because she had all this saggy skin and she was just laying there, but she had two just perfect lumps on my chest. (laughs) I mean, they were just, I mean, they didn't look natural. They were just these round oranges that were just sitting yeah. on top of her chest. I came across that one time during a cremation. Yeah, it's yeah. the weirdest looking thing. It was thing. super weird. I was going, and you have to check them. You have to, This okay, talking about 90-year-old women that are naked is kind of a weird thing, but we literally had to do that every day. And um, you have to make sure they have no jewelry, personal effects, whatever, and you have to strip them all the way down. And came across one lady that had implants. So I was like, she must have been one of the first people ever. Like, honestly, they yeah. those were probably some of the first people ever to get implants. Maybe. Unless she got them done when she was like 80, 85. That never even popped in my head. Maybe what if that she thought did? never popped into my head <laughs> that she could have gotten done later in life. What if that was the sole reason she know. was like, I know I'm going to be cremated, and I want to give these boys <laughs> one last look. I don't know why I thought she had them done when she was 18 or something like <laughs> Yeah, I guess that makes more sense. They're she just had bags later of straw. God, oh man. Yeah. Oh, to kind of to kind of uh, divert off that though, off of your off your solving a murder. Um, did you ever get any calls where you went to make a removal and you couldn't prove it, but you were just pretty darn sure that there was foul play going on there? Oh, I'm sure. Uh, I mean, it's hard to remember some of the crazy things you've you've seen where some of them you think, oh, yeah, there's – this doesn't look quite right. But, yeah. yeah, yeah, I've seen some of those. I mean, I don't remember specifics, but there's there's a lot of calls that you, you walk in, you're just all, hmm, I, I'm not a detective or anything, but, <laughs> yeah, something happened. We're working on a theory. We've had a theory since for a, for a lot of years now, and uh, just there's a there's a strand of calls that just didn't add up, and uh, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe right off air we'll have to along a main thoroughfare. Yeah, we'll we'll tell you about it. We'll, yeah, have, to, we'll have to swap some ideas. Yeah, it's very sketchy. Very interesting. Yeah, and one of the I think probably the last story unless you have some more, but um, the call down the road right over there, the one where the homeless man had snuck in. To that building. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, it was it was a, one of the first calls that I ever did with you. Yeah. And so, I'm I'm off duty. I'm not on call. But apparently, when in the mortuary business, not on call means you're on call. <laughs> <laughs> so that's true. I'm I'm off. I think 
I think it was during the time that I was just working weekends and I was going in during the day and you didn't have any backup or anything. And so I, they call me and say, Hey, can you help me? I'm not sure. I'm, I'll be there in a minute. So we go to this abandoned, I don't even know what to call it. Just a cotton gin or just, yeah, I don't, I don't know what it would be. This big warehouse building type thing. Yeah. We walk in, we talk to the cops, and he's all, yeah, he's in here. He's a homeless guy. He passed away. And we're all, okay. And so we walk in, and we're all, where is he at? And they're all, oh, he's over here. And there's just, there's a wall of five-gallon buckets, just like a, a Lowe's paint bucket type thing that, uh, can I even say Lowe's? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So there's these paint buckets or five-gallon buckets just stacked up probably four foot high, and it's just a wall of them. We're all, oh, that's weird. So we walk over there. He's all, yeah, he's behind that. So we walk over there, and this guy had set up. I mean, he, he was the, a king in this place. I mean, he had a <laughs> throne of these buckets. And, I mean, he had a bed made out of them, and he had a chair made out of them. He, I mean... It was amazing what he did. And so we get over there, and we see half of him on his bed, half of, like, he's he died laying over the edge of his bed. And so the ed part that's on his, on his bed is his, his arms are dehydrated, and, but his torso is still there. He's, he's bloated. Mm-hmm. And... But then you look at the bottom half, and it's just nothing. And then you look at the floor, and it's a puddle of this guy. Yeah. I mean, we looked at it, and he literally melted onto the floor. And we slipped on it. And, yeah, (laughs) you walk in, and you're all, all right, we got to get him somehow. And... You just walk in and you're just sliding. Oh, dude, I remember it's it's coming back too vividly. I can smell it right now. Oh, yeah. How did you guys handle? Um, I don't even remember how we got him <laughs> into the body bag. Uh, we just we put the body bag in front of the bed, like yeah. on the side of the bed, and we just dragged and just drug it. Yep, just dragged it. I remember, and we were just. Did we double bag him? Yeah, we had to double bag him. I remember because we tried to. We looked at. The, we that was like the last thing that we ended up coming up with, but we had tried to like flip him into the bag, oh. but we were slipping on yeah. his stuff, so we had to just reach yeah. as far as we could and grab him. That's right, because we we tried to grab him, just his skin slip just it yeah. just came off in sheets, and so we've got him into the bag, and then we picked that bag up and had another bag over on the floor yep. and oh. put him in that bag, and that was a that was a smell too. Oh, oh man, that was horrible. That, Melted guy. Did you guys take any of those buckets and just scoop up, you know? <laughs> Shut up, dude. Man, there was, there was enough of him. Oh. It, was, it was bad, dude. It was bad. Oh. I mean, it was just a half inch of sludge oh. all around his his bed. Oh. Was it on concrete? Yeah. Yeah, oh. yeah. yeah the whole floor Gosh. was concrete, so dude. it was slick. Oh. I wonder who had to go back and clean that up. I like to think that they just took a jackhammer and just busted that <laughs> just whole busted. area out. Like thinking yeah. about it, I think I talked to somebody that knew, and they just 
the fire department went out there with a hose. Oh, yeah, you know and what that just makes sense. sprayed just it sprayed out. Off, yeah. Man. They'll do that with all the blood after a car wreck, mm-hmm. which I mean, I think everybody knows that. But yeah. um, have you ever seen them do that? Yeah. Oh, it's yeah, freaking it. weird. It is dude. pretty weird. It is what like it's efficient though. Because you see like blood. I mean, like obviously after a car wreck, you see blood. You don't know how much blood is actually like because uh, you know the street hides so much of it. So when they start spraying it off, it's just blood. Dude. There's a lot in there. Yeah, that blew my mind. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Man, dude, did and y'all ever have to pick up the brains off the side of the road? <laughs> yes, dude. That is a nasty feeling. You yeah, know what, dude? I have a weird. I like blood. I like it when it. Ca- uh, oh my gosh! This coagulates. Very <laughs> yes, there you yeah. go. <laughs> coagulates. <laughs> I love. Picking it up in that in that form, I don't know why, but like, it's so slippery. I I know that sounds disgusting, but for some reason that just does not bother me. Um, don't come to my house. Yeah, <laughs> it it feels. I don't know. Huh. I don't think I ever experienced that. Did you ever experience that, Charlie? Oh. I know in embalming you experience it a lot yeah. because you have to stick a drain tube down their jugular mm-hmm. to to let all the the blood flow out and there's a little there's a pump on the back of it to release those clots mm-hmm. but sometimes when you first cut into their vein there's just a a clot right there in their vein and i mean i pulled one out of somebody that was at least four inches long and it was probably about as big around as a nickel Oh my gosh. And just get tweezers and you just pull it out and it just yeah. keeps coming. Just and giant just blood clots. This Damn. little leech looking thing that jiggles. Whoa. It's weird. I guess that's true. I, I dealt with some blood clots like when I would like help embalm or whatever, but I, yeah. I, I nothing like nothing. Yeah. Well, I think especially like small. suicides. When, oh, yeah. yeah suicides when, are bad with that. Yeah. Especially when, with the gunshot sets to the chest. Oh, yeah. Where it's just, yeah. Yeah. And the blood just sits there for a little bit, you know? And, yeah. I don't know why it just it always amazed me. I don't I don't know what about it was so cool to me. I just I always had a thing for it. I guess I, don't know. <laughs> I know that's weird, man. But no, it's, but yeah, I did. We all have our things. I was that way about brain matter, honestly. Yeah, brains didn't bother you. They did the first time. Um, <laughs> the first time. <laughs> the first time. Uh, but after that, no. I mean, the consistency of it was crazy. I don't know. It just amazed me that that can float around inside your noggin. Well, in Honestly, when that's so much different than an actual just regular brain that's normal, because one that's get gets blown out. I mean, it gets squishy and feels gross. But an intact brain isn't isn't like that. Really? Yeah, I never got to hold an intact brain. Yeah. Well, I mean, when when you embalm an autopsy, they they actually take out the brain and they put it in a bag with all the viscera. Right. So it's it's sliced up and stuff, but it's still intact, and you have to pour uh, cavity fluid in there with it to preserve it. And it's it's kind of spongy, but it it's not like it is when you pick it up off the side of a road. It's more durable. Yeah, for sure. I gotta uh, go hold a brain now, man. Yeah. I need to know what this feels like. And yeah. I mean, I, I helped or I, I saw them do an autopsy once when, and I mean, I saw them pop the brain out. And that was actually my favorite thing in mortuary school was we had a cadaver lab and we got to uh, dissect the cadavers and we had to cut off the top of the skull and take the brain out and all 
all that. So, I mean. Damn, dude. That's cool. Yeah, those, uh, those viscero bags. Ex- explain that. I don't, I don't, we haven't touched on that. We haven't about what you do with yeah. them. Yeah. Just, I mean, just, you can just go through the viscero bag, honestly. Um, so when they do an autopsy, they, they usually make a Y incision on their torso and then they cut up the, or cut a, the ribs out and take the, the chest plate off and then, Basically, they take out every organ one by one, weigh it, check it over, see if there's holes or or whatever in it, and then after they're done with it, they just they put it in a bag, and uh, they tie it up, and then they just put it back into the chest cavity and kind of do a semi sew on it and send it to the funeral home. So, so whenever it gets to the funeral home, though. Everything it's intact. All the organs are intact. They're just in for a bag. The, yeah, for the most part, yeah, they're intact. Um, so when you're embalming it, uh, or I say it, but when you're embalming a body that has been autopsied, you take that bag out and you basically kind of put it in a bucket to, to hold it, and then you open the bag up, and you usually by then the the intestines are kind of bloated from all the gas in there and you have to cut it up to release all that gas. So you cut that up and then you pour a a cavity fluid in there to preserve it and keep all the stuff from living. So, and then you tie it up. We usually put it in another bag and then tie that up. And then once you're done embalming the body, you stick it back in their cavity and sew it up. So it gets buried with them. And that's what stinks up the office. Yes. That smells yes. horrible. A visceral bag does not smell pleasant. Yeah. It'll, I've never smelled one and was like, damn, that's not that bad. <laughs> yeah. What's worse is when you're taking the bag out of the body and it catches one of those cut ribs oh. and just rips. Oh. Mm. Damn, yeah. dude. I don't Ooh. think I ever witnessed that. It's it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> And I remember cavity fluid being so just burns your yes, eyes. Yes, burns your eyes. Nose. See, everybody's I never had a real big problem with cavity fluid. Really? Yeah. I mean, the first time I I messed with it, everybody it doesn't really activate until it hits water. When it hits the the stream of water that's going down is when it it activates and it'll get in your eyes. But I mean, I've had it kind of get to me, but I never had a real bad reaction to it. Dude, I used to like, I mean, obviously, I don't know, man. I, I was a bitch when it came to cavity yeah. fluid. That stuff was horrible, man. Same. I was like, anything over 25, I was I was crying. I was like, get me out of here. This <laughs> they, is too much. <laughs> they actually make a cavity fluid that has a scent to it. I remember we were getting what? cucumber or something at the end. Yeah, they'll, they'll have cucumber. They yeah. have cinnamon. <laughs> They have cherry. They it, have. It did help. It, it did it, it really. It really did, and it wasn't. I mean, it still smells like like shit because that's what it is. Well, yeah. But it did help. Yeah. The essential oils industry doing what they can. <laughs> Moving in, dude. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's insane. Yeah, it's it's crazy what they come up with. No doubt, man. Wow. Huh. Yeah. Learn something new every day. Every day, dude. Man. I learned 
I worked with him for years. <laughs> you know how much I learned about him just now, dude? In an hour-long podcast, I just learned. It's so weird, man. I mean, we... I don't know, man. We worked together for years. I had no idea you had three kids. Yeah. I definitely didn't know the age. I didn't know how long you were in the industry. I mean, dude, it's it's just... It's wild. I yeah. saw you at that... Uh, we were at the uh, at the Christmas thing. I ran into you there. Right, yeah. I wanted to talk to you more. Um, it was cold that it night, was, though. Dude, I was so re- I was ready to go home. Yeah, it was cold. It was cold. And the baby was not having it. Yeah. She just, yeah, that was <laughs> right after the baby was born, yeah. too. Yeah, it yeah. was, yeah. And we were, yeah, and, you know, we've got to get the picture with Santa or whatever. But, uh, man, and I was, I was like, damn it, I should have gotten his number. I should have gotten his number. And you just happened to listen to the show. I did. It was it was one of those I... I I was at my job and I was all, man, I wonder if other people had the same experience as I did. And so I started listening. I was all, it sounds like they had the exact same experience as I did. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I got a hold of you and yeah, here I am. All he did was use the email, people. It's right there in the description of the podcast. Yep. Top line, you can, you can do it too. Yep, you guys can email in and... Ask whatever you guys want to know. I didn't get any questions this week, dude. None? Australia, pick it the fuck up already. Come yeah, on. come on. Golly. You guys don't have anything going on no, down no, there. What are you doing, boxing for... kangaroos all day? <laughs> we you asked you guys for email. one thing, just well, one shout-out. Do they have internet in Australia? That's a good question. I don't know. Yeah, they may, oh, maybe yeah. they're just sitting around a communal radio. <laughs> a communal radio. <laughs> just streaming it. <laughs> We're not going to stop talking shit till we get no, an email. Not until you guys to come out of the woodworks. No, it's. A, I mean, that was just really cool that, that uh, you found it. Like, How many... Yeah. Not like in a weird way. How 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 many episodes had did you listen to? I think I got through four, three or four before I started realizing. I was all, man, this the way y'all are describing stuff. I was all, it can't be the same way everywhere. Yeah. So I I got to four, and then the very last episode, your your wife came on. I was all. <laughs> there it is. Well, it's funny because he emailed and he's like, "Hey, are you guys from here?" And I was like, "Dude, I can't say, bro." And then, okay, so this man already knew. <laughs> I, I knew, and you're. I was all. Mm. I already. I, he knew, and he's like, "That's cool, man." So did we work this call together? <laughs> I was like, "God damn it, Charlie! I can't say anything, dude." And I was like, "Why don't you just call me whenever you get off work, and, and we can talk then." And you did, and then we worked this out to you yep. get for you to get on the show. And I'm so glad you came on the show, man. Yeah. Anytime Seriously. you want to come on, you you yeah, hit me up. We'll do it. Y'all want me? I mean, um, this is great time because my kids are in bed and I'm, I'm yeah got all the time yeah. in the world. So yeah. yep. sorry you walked into a zoo today, but um, <laughs> oh man, but it happens. I guess. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's part of being a parent. Yep. Yeah. So. What would, you, what would you say, like, your biggest takeaway is from the industry? Mm. There's so much more that happens than people realize. I mean, there's – you go into some of these calls and you're just all, wow, I wouldn't think that would happen here. But, I mean, it happens everywhere apparently. So, I mean, you think, it? oh, it's only – huge cities that stuff like this happens, but no, it happens in your own backyard. Happens everywhere. That's a good point, sure. man. It really is. Yeah, it, it crazy shit happens. You know, I was swimming 
another 100 laps. You know, it's not a big deal. No big deal. But <laughs> I got to lap 97, <laughs> and uh, I was having issues that morning with a leg cramp. Uh, I was already, that morning I was like, I shouldn't swim because this is not going to go well. I could drown. But, uh, you know, how we already talked, I was telling myself not to be a bitch. So I got in the pool anyway. <laughs> lap 97, dude, my, my calf cramped. And I almost drowned. And I was, you know, this is the only reason I didn't drown is because, like, I'm not going to be on my own show. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not ending up on my show. <laughs> They're not going to talk about me. Yeah. Do uh, a tribute yeah. episode and just talk shit yeah. for two hours. They're not talking shit about me right now, dude. And that's the only reason I didn't drown. Bring up the clips. <laughs> yeah. you remember remember how he told himself that he would never quit and yeah. he would never stop? And then, and then a, a muscle cramp killed him? He was a bitch dude, the whole the, time. <laughs> That's a hundred percent why I lived. I made it back to the side. I got through the cramps. It was like, and now I'm going to finish the hundred because I'm not letting them talk shit about that either. I finished the hundred. I tried jumping out of the pool. The other one cramped, bro. Dude, I I was just hanging onto the side. I didn't know what to do. They and it, it lasted for about ten minutes. Oh, just hor- and you could see the muscle just pulling. Oh. And uh, yeah, but I wasn't going to end up on the show. I ain't no bitch like that. Yeah, I'm glad you made it. Well, yeah, glad you made it. <laughs> Yeah, me too. Yeah, I had to see this shit through. <laughs> but Anthony, why don't, you, why don't you tell us? Why don't you end us on the good note? I know you got something brewing. Oh, geez, you put me on spot like that. You got any stories? You got anything? You don't even have you to want be a, more you want a good. You want a good story? Yeah. Hmm. And it could be about anything. I don't care. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can tell you. Um, I read a I read a story today. I read a story today about a gentleman who was in his eighties. Um. And he went out hiking in the English countryside with a friend of his. And a rainstorm came up, and somehow they got separated in the rainstorm. And he wandered off a different direction from his partner. His partner went back to the car. Anyways, his his partner waited for hours, like overnight waited for this guy in the parking lot. Dude never showed up, so he called the police, and he was like, look... We got lost in a storm. My hiking partner's gone. I can't find him. He's elderly. Uh, you know, I'm afraid something bad happened to him. <laughs> and uh, so the cops go out and search. They get teams together, volunteers, hundreds of people go out just combing the English countryside looking for this guy. They don't find him. Um, so they decide to hold a press conference at a pub up the road from the trailhead. And... Uh, at right about right as they're about to start the press conference, the dude walks into the pub. <laughs> He'd gotten separated, and uh, three days he was missing, and just walks into the pub. And uh, basically, the whole gist of it was like, "Yeah, I wandered off. I got I got lost. My compass fell off. I, I, I don't, I, so I didn't know how to find my way out. So I just found a nice spot and set up my tent." He was like, "If I'd have known y'all were going to do all this shit, I would never come back." <laughs> 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 so it was a it was a funny story. There's still really some gangsters the out day. there. Oh man, yeah. honestly, it sounds kind of nice. I might do the same thing when I get up that age. Just wander sure, off. Dude. Yeah, those old guys are. <laughs> they don't care. Stick it to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a rat's ass. <laughs> yeah. Thanks again, Charlie, for coming on the show. Yeah, we'll pleasure. definitely have you back on here pretty yeah, soon. Please. And uh, yeah, thanks, man. This was a good one. Thanks a lot, Charlie. Learned a oh. whole lot about this, man. Yeah. Until yeah. next great. time. Definitely. Next Wednesday or some shit. There we go. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs>